Welcome to the App or Not to App podcast with the app man, Jeremy Callahan, where we talk about why apps are not a luxury item and are essential to your business success. I've been in the mobile industry for over 20 years, and the question I always get is to app or not to app. Definitely, you must app. Mobile apps can help your business reduce costs, increase leads, and reduce manpower. An app is not a luxury item. It's a necessity. So let's get started making you money. Hello, Jeremy Callahan coming at you this week with the show, a very important topic, how to hire and manage developers. And right off the top, I'll get started and tell you that it's not just about developers that I'm talking about. Um, I have 20 years experience developing websites and mobile apps the last eight years. And I've worked with development teams. I've worked with all kinds of developers when I was a software engineer. And now that I lead teams and hire developers and uh, work on huge projects with developers, I think I know what it takes to hire a good developer. And I would say this applies not just to developers, but to people across the board. Because when I came through and I made the list of all the things that make up a good developer, like most of the things on the list, have nothing to do with development. It mostly has to do with personality types. So I'll go through them. I'm going to give you the good and the bad. Uh, and then I'll probably give you some examples as well as some people. I don't think I'll name any names, but uh, I definitely have people in mind when I, when I talk. And it's interesting when I came up with this list of things that are really a lot of the people I started realizing that I've worked with over the years or have hired have, uh, you know, it's probably like a 60-40, like 60% of them have been good and 40% have not. But the 40%, man, do they really stand out. So I know with you, whatever job function you're in, whether you're a business owner or you're a manager or you, you just, you're an employee, you have to deal with the technical people. And uh, a lot of times, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, technical people usually have different personalities. But that's okay. I mean, they, people can be a little quirky. People can be a little weird. Um, these are things that actually really make up any kind of personality. I don't know. It, again, it doesn't matter if you're in marketing, sales, whatever. So I'll go through kind of the list um, and we'll just see where it goes, okay? So, um, you know, one of the things, the first thing when we talk about a bad, bad developer is the one thing that really stands out to me the most is an insecure person, okay, insecurity. And um, I'll give you an example of what I mean by an insecure developer. And if, if you're in this industry or you've worked with developers, you'll, you'll know this person right away. So an insecure developer is someone who they're usually pretty senior and they've usually programmed something. They've been given some... Um, they're, well, they're seniors, so they've, they've, you know, they've been given some leeway or some leadership to actually develop something. And they've gone in and they've developed something. And they kind of have this mindset of, if you don't have me, then you're nothing without me. You're not going to be able to survive because I programmed this in a certain way that really only I understand. Or I really can't tell other people how to do it because I'm so busy. And this is usually a person that's there not outwardly worried about being fired, but inwardly they really are. And so what they've done is instead of creating something that makes them more useful to the company and 
teaching other people and showing other people things, they've actually created a system of inwardness that, that they're the silo of information, that everything has to come through them, and without them, you can't survive. And that's an insecure person. Now, you, there's insecure people everywhere. They're all around us every day. So when you hire somebody, how do you figure out if they're insecure or not, right? Like most of the people that when, when I go on technical interviews, when I used to go on technical interviews, they always would spend time, um, they'd give me a pen and like a whiteboard and they'd want me to come up with some, oh, how do you, how would you find out um, the seven data types in one JavaScript function? Write a function that does this or that. And I always found it odd. And whenever I interview people, I never ask them a tech, well, I have one technical question, but it's, a, it's actually how to hack somebody's computer um, that I ask. I won't tell you because then you'll know the answer. But um, insecure people, how do we define and find insecure people? So this, this is something that you really need when you come up with questions to ask somebody. You're really asking somebody a question, but you're looking for insecurities, okay? That's what you're mainly looking for. Um, one of the other things that makes a bad developer is a silo. I think I kind of mentioned it before with the insecure person is the same person that's a silo. They're the only person that knows something, right? They're the only person that, that can help you through a given problem. Um, the next is build environments. So if you're not technical, a build environment basically means, let's say we hire somebody and the day they come in, we give them a computer. How long, <clears throat> how long does it take your organization to get somebody up and coding? So if I came to work for you, how many days would you expect before I start coding, checking in code, and contributing to the team? Well, what you'll find in most IT organizations is these things called build environments, which means you give me a computer and it's not ready, I'm not ready to, to code, I'm not ready to pull in code, and let's say you have a website. Okay, so if you have a website, I get to your office and I can see the website, you know, dub, 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 whatever, I can see it. But in order for me to work on that, I have to be able to recreate that same exact website as it functions on my computer. And then I can tinker around with it and develop on it. And then when I'm done developing, I can check my code in and we can put that on the server and then it'll be on the live website. So that's how it works. Well, in most IT organizations, in order to get me working on a local copy of the website, or whatever the, whether it's an app or whatever it is, it takes at least a week and a half. So we've hired somebody, we've got them in the office, they're excited, they're super stoked to be in a new job, and we give them a computer, we give them a desk, and then we say, figure out the build environment. Hmm. Now, if your build environment takes more than one day, you're a horrible programmer, okay? You're a horrible software engineer. If, you, if, if it's your system and you're in, you architected it and you built it and it takes more than one day to get somebody up and running and checking in code on your system, you're a horrible developer. You just are. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry I have to be so harsh on you, okay? Another thing, too many branches. So when we talk about branches, what we're talking about is um, code. So again, with that environment, when I set up my local environment, I pull code down 
and I start working on it and I check it in and there's all these different people and different projects going and all this code is getting we're managing the code but not really because there's all these different branches and things and and what ends up happening is when we want to go live or we want to actually like build something for QA to test sometimes these senior developers have to spend more than two days three days four days actually merging the code together so th those these are the things okay um, now I'm gonna just give you some more general terms um, of I, I hate to be so negative with starting with all the bad things so what I'm gonna, actually what I'm gonna do is I'll just sprinkle in let's do five good ones since we did five bad ones okay so a good developer and again I think this applies to basically anybody but um, a good developer finishes like they finish what they start so when we most of the time in development environments where we have like say we have 10 10 developers on a project every two weeks we have a meeting where we plan what those 10 people are going to work on. And during that meeting, all 10 of them are in there and they kind of pick out their work. They go, yes, I can do this. Yes, I can do this. And we can bring in these four things and I'll do those. And then at the end of two weeks, we, we assess who did what and what got done. Now, they picked their work. They sat in the meeting and committed to doing certain things in a two-week period. And then they don't get it done right so a good developer always finishes no matter what and I'll tell you what in that two-week period if I take on ten tasks you know eight of them are gonna be slam dunks and two of them I'm gonna have to rely on other people and wait on other people and things aren't gonna get done on time if I'm a bad developer I'm gonna make an excuse if I'm a good developer I'm gonna get it done right I'm gonna finish I'm gonna always get it done so when you're interviewing people and you're talking to people it's important that you're trying to figure out who's got a high level of integrity right there you go so they always finish um, number two a good developer can work within any code base so a lot of times again kind of circling back to those insecure developers they always go well if it would have been coded this way or maybe I'll start over and code it this way right and they'll spend extra time getting something the way they want it that's insecurity but a good developer just says, hey, this is the code. It sucks, but I'm going to fix it, or I'm going to make it work. I'll work within it, right? So a good developer just does that. Third thing, they're neat, okay? People are neat. You look at their code, it's neat code. I mean, this is such a, like, a basic thing, neatness, that you're just indenting stuff, that there's not extra spaces, that there's not a bunch of extra code in there that's commented out right neatness I'll give you an example if you're not a developer or a technical person when you go to a mechanic say you had a, a mechanic and you know, there's something wrong with your uh, let's say you have a Mercedes and you go to a, a local mechanic it's a Mercedes dealer if you walk in there and that and that auto shop is a mess and there's grease everywhere and there's parts and the tools aren't lined up how are you gonna feel about sending your car there right that's how we talk about coders. We want things that are neat. And we don't need to tell them. We don't need to remind them to be neat. They just, they either are or they're not. You know, if I go to your house, actually this guy, uh, Andy Frisella, he, he, when he interviews people, okay, here's what he does. When he interviews people, he has someone on his team go out to the parking lot or follow them out to their car and see if their car is a mess, like inside the interior. 
And if their car is messy inside, he figures they're a messy person, their house must be messy, and he doesn't want to hire them, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an odd one, but it's something, you know, I mean, neatness. We want people that are neat, okay? Um, we want people that are accountable. Can, you know, are you accountable? Are you going to show up when you do? Um, here's a good one with accountability that, that I've really seen a lot of people missing lately in my world. Um, they go, well, they'll send me an email or something and say, oh, we didn't get this done on time. Um, we didn't get this done, so it's not going to be ready to demo. End of story. It's like, dude, add a sentence on the back that says, we didn't get this done on time. It's not going to be ready to demo. We will have it tomorrow by this time. We will have it Thursday by this time. We'll f just give me some accountability, right? Like, be accountable. Don't just leave me hanging. So then I got to call them back and be like, what's up? Oh, well, you know, and then they're making excuses. So an accountable person just says, I effed up and didn't get it done. And here's what I'm going to do to rectify the situation and work towards finishing. Okay? One other thing that really separates a good developer. Okay? This is, this is like, I'm going to talk about this for a few minutes now, and I'm going to talk about a good and a bad. Okay? A good developer is simple. In their, in their coding, in their approach, in everything they do. They want the simplest solution in the least amount of code. And I'm going to do a, a Facebook Live and I'm going to call out front-end developers because they are the worst about this, okay? The worst. And what they're, everybody's working on these days are these things called frameworks. Angular, React being the two biggest ones. So... All these front engine in front end engineers, web engineers for the people that don't know what I'm talking about, even mobile to a degree, they're using these things called frameworks. So a perfect example, we have a guy on a project, very simple project. Okay, we need to create a WordPress website. Okay, WordPress website. That's it. That's the requirement. The WordPress website's the requirement. So we hand it off to the lead developer. The lead developer um, starts working. And then he gets put on another project, so we bring in a second developer. Second developer's not, not delivering. So I said, what's up? And he says, well, there's a framework. The framework that's in place is really, i got to figure out the framework. I said, what are you talking about? There's a framework. We're just doing a WordPress website. We could have, you know, this is a really simple thing. He goes, no, he put a React framework on top of the WordPress site. So what are you talking about? So call the guy up. He goes, well, yeah, I wanted to put a framework in there. Okay. So now <laughs> we have to program a WordPress page and we have to program a React page and we need a React developer to do this work, which is like a specific type of front-end engineer. Okay. I'm like, dude, and this guy's a senior guy. So I pull him in and I say, hey, man, if you want to be a senior developer, you don't do shit like this. Okay? You, you've made this project so much harder than it needs to be. You've put all this extra time, all this extra hours on this project, just so you can kind of look cool in the front-end engineering community. Like, it's so bizarre to me that, like, you know, I started in the beginning of, of web development in, like, 99, 2000. And now, here we've come all the way to 2018. All we're still doing is programming websites so people can register and people can buy something or people can look at data. That's, those are really the, like, that's 80%, right? 
And in the beginning, it was very simple. And over the years, it's got harder and harder and harder. Now we have these React frameworks and these Angular frameworks. And we have all these front-end engineers doing all this really cool stuff. It's awesome. Wow, look at that. Look at the power of this. Oh, that's neat the way you did that. And I think they just want to stand out in the front-end community, like look cool amongst the other programmers. But they're just making it more complicated than it needs to be. They really are. And this guy who put the, I'll give you the example is, the guy that put the code in there, this WordPress with the React on top of it, we opened up the code base to it, right? There are 400, well, there's over 400, there's like 430 files that came in. So he imports a library, a React library. It brings in 430 files. We only have six web pages, six pages that we're making on this thing. And he brought in 430 files to serve up six pages. I could have done it with like 12. So anyways, I wasn't happy with that guy. Um, but that's the difference, right? We want a simple person versus a person that wants to be overly complicated, wants to try out the, the, the latest and greatest. Um, you'll see this a lot with the younger guys. So if you're, you're a younger developer, one thing I would pass along to you in a very nice way is to say, forget all this fancy stuff. We just want to get something done and we want to be done on time and we want it to be able to scale. That's it. I mean, like, it's really simple. Um, other things that make a good, good developer stand out, okay, a good, good developer, um, they can teach other people, right? Whatever it is, they can teach them. So a lot of times, again, cycling back to the top, that insecure developer at the top, they don't want to teach anybody anything because... The more the other person knows, they could potentially take my job. Like, dude, I don't get that. I just don't. Like, I don't care what line of work you're in. I don't get that. If you're worried about somebody taking your job, you're gone. You know I mean? Like, you've already lost. Like, you should be worried about how you can provide the most value to your company, to your organization, to your business. The more you know, the more you learn, the more you can teach, the more people you can help, the greater you are to the organization. Why are you trying to fight? You're not helping the company. You're not helping the business. You're not helping yourself. Helping yourself is, um, I heard a guy say it a few years back, Tom Cummings, he said, he's, he's got a business and he said, he's like, I see myself as the guy who owns the race car. And all I'm trying to do is build a better race car and I'm looking for drivers. I'm looking for drivers, right? So, can teach. They're available, right? Again, these aren't even like these. I'm not talking about coding or development at all, right? Can teach. They're available. They can delegate. This is something that most software engineers cannot do well, and you see this a lot of the time. So, what you end up seeing with with software engineers across the board is they're kind of inner. Well, they are introverted people. They like to just do their work, not talk to people, right? And so they start out that way, and then as time goes by and they start getting more responsibility and they start coming higher up the senior level, they have to deal with more people. And when they start dealing with more people, that's fine. They can start dealing with the marketing people and the sales people and the product owners and things like that. They, they seem to adapt well to that. But then at some point, they have to delegate the work to the junior developers. And a lot of people struggle with this. And the reason they struggle is because they think, I... Jeremy can develop it faster than those two guys because they're junior guys. It's going to take them 
three weeks, it's only going to take me a week. Screw it, I'll just do the work, right? But now, now I'm working, or not, I'm not working, I'm coding, and I'm not able to lead, right? I'm a senior person, I should be leading more. It doesn't mean I'm not going to roll up the sleeves and get in there and code. I can do it, I do it all the time. I won't ask anyone on my team to do something I am not willing to do myself or haven't done in the past. But at the same time, I've got to be willing to delegate or able to delegate. So something you want, you want a person that can delegate. Um, this is a good one. <laughs> uh, the, so the last two are good. Um, you want somebody who knows how to demo, right? How to demo to the client, whoever your client is, whether it's an internal client or an external client. At some point, the developer is going to have to sit there in the room and walk somebody through a process. And you don't want somebody that overtalks, that shares too much information, that makes excuses, all these things we kind of talked about, right? You want somebody that can demo. Um, demoing is an art form because a lot of the times we're half the shit ain't working. So we got to like somehow show it to people. And we can be up front and say, hey, this doesn't work, but we want to still have a seamless experience so they can go through it. And uh, some people just, they overshare information. They're not good in front of clients, so they can't demo. So one of the things to work on if you're, you're a developer is your ability to demo. And uh, if you're hiring somebody, you want, obviously you want somebody you can put in front of the client. And then uh, the, the last one um, is, is performs under pressure. Okay, this is actually probably should be one of the first ones is a person that can perform under pressure. We as software engineers are on under a tremendous amount of pressure, particularly the closer we get to a launch. Okay, it's going to work like this when you're in software um, or you're part of a team that's developing a website or a mobile app or whatever you're developing. Um, in the beginning, we define it. We start working on it, we're working on it, as we're working on it, every time we layer on another set of code and kind of continue to go up, it gets more complex. So when QA comes to us and they go, this isn't working, and we all look at each other and go, well, that's an easy fix. A lot of times it's not because we have all these layers that we've been working on for the last month, two months, however long the project is. And so it becomes hard to debug that issue. Or we fix it and we break something else. And then we go, well, actually, there's a bug behind it. And so if I fix that bug and I break something behind it and I know I broke something behind it, well, i got to fix it. I'm not going to let it go to QA and have QA find the bug. I'm just going to fix it. Well, it might take two more days. You know what I mean? So, And we know we got a launch looming. So now we got to work extra hours. we got to work extra time. we got to be on call. Or, you know, it gets... It is a pressure environment. So we want people that can work under pressure. We want people that can finish. We want people that you know, are accountable, that are neat. We want all these things out of a person, a developer. And keep in mind, I haven't said anything about their ability to code at this point. There's not one thing on all this stuff I've listed out that has anything to do with someone's ability to code. Okay? And I, and, and I want to stress that. And I want to make that important to it, it, it as important to you as it is to me, because we're talking about people here. Okay, coding is is not easy. I will concede that coding a computer and programming a computer is not easy. But 
And I will not waver on this one at all. Anybody that has these skills can be a, can be a top senior level professional programmer, regardless of if they can pass your technical interview or not. You're wasting time by asking people questions, technical um, solving problems. I want to see how a person solves a problem. Dude, we all solve problems. Most of these, you know, I've been a software engineer for 15 years. What are you asking me a, a technical question about how to solve something? You can look at my code that I've developed for 15 years and you can see that. You can see if it's neat. You probably want to get into a room and figure out what kind of person I am. Can you put me in front of the client? Can I demo? Can I not over talk? Am I available? Can I teach? Do I finish? Right? Can I perform under pressure? Like, develop questions. Develop um, a way to read people to know that they're kind of that kind of a person. Right? That's why I always say, always good to hire people from the military. Always good to hire women. Love both of those, those groups. People in the military are extremely accountable. They, they have all this stuff in spades, right? Women are also very good in this as well. They don't make excuses. They get stuff done, um, you know. And I just, you know, I don't, I see a lot of insecure people at work and or in their jobs, and it drives me nuts. I mean, I just want to grab them and, and say to them, what is wrong with you? Why are you, why are you fighting the system, you know? Be creative, you know, help out, help your fellow man out, <laughs> all right? So anyways, those are kind of my thoughts on, on uh, how to hire and manage developers. If you're having any kinds of problems with your developers and, your, and their ability to deliver and things like that, I'm going to just finish with one thing. Um, and it's kind of that project I was talking about earlier with, the, you know, with all the extra code that brought in that React code and the people weren't delivering and so we had to cut bait right we had to we had to get somebody off the project and get somebody else on and interestingly you you may be in this situation and you might be thinking to yourself well we're hamstrung by this developer or this development team and we can't get rid of them they're too important so what we'll do is we'll we'll hire in a new developer to come in and kind of learn it and then we'll hand it off to him. Um, that may work. You might have to cut bait. I mean, I'm going to be pretty blunt with you here. You might have to let that developer go and bring in a couple of people and try to figure it out and slow your business down. If it slows your business down, I understand. It's, it's tough to do, but you really may have to do that. You may have to take that step to get rid of a person and really set yourself back maybe a month, maybe three months, maybe six months in order to get the correct team in place that will allow you to grow and expand your business. It's a very difficult thing to wrap your head around and do, but if, but if someone's holding you back, you know, it's like every time, like the minute you think somebody's holding you back and not allowing your business to grow, the minute you think that, is probably the time that you need to get rid of that person. How long are you going to, to delay that process, right? So that's the harsh reality of it. Sorry it has to be that way, but there are a lot of good people out there. 
Um, I've been working with some of the developers I've been working with, uh, particularly through IBM, the last three years are phenomenal. Great people. Um, not all of them are client-facing, but I will say this, they're all really good developers. They're professionals, right? They're professionals. They get stuff done on time. They're accountable. They're available. Like, they can, they can show me what they're working on. They can, they can teach me it, you know? So these are all things we want in um, not just our developers, but really in, in anything, you know, in helping out younger people, particularly when we bring people into the organization, we want that good, solid person at the top that's really going to teach those people coming up. You can call it mentorship, whatever you want to call it, but that's it, you know. So good versus bad. I hope this helps you in some sort of way. If you have any questions about how to hire, how to manage, um, I didn't even talk about offshore, so that's a whole nother subject, kind of similar to this though. And uh, if you have any um, mobile app development questions, website questions, I am here to help. JeremyCallahan.com. Appreciate you listening, and please share the stream, and I will see you next week on the show.